Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Forgive me for chuckling really hard, but a realtor has a loyalty to the realtor to make the place as spruced up as possible so it's easier to earn a commission. There's no, like, fiduciary anything going on here. These are the plaintiffs, Kenneth and Anne Finland. Kenneth says he and his wife rented a condo from the defendants. And now that they moved out two years later, he's playing fast and loose with their security. The defendant is trying to deduct ridiculous things, which are normal wear and tear. And they won't be bullied into not fighting for the return of their $1,900. So they're suing. This is the defendant, Iris. She says the condo was left in an excessively dirty state. She had to do a lot of work to be able to relent it to someone else. Besides the dirt, their pit bull tore up the place, ruining carpets and the backyard. She's been more than fair to the plaintiffs, and they should be happy she refunded some of their security in the first place. She's accused holding on to too much. All parties, please use your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The litigants are not actors. They are involved in legitimate disputes, and they have agreed to have those disputes settled here in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Milian is now presiding. <laughs> litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. Welcome in. Okay. Mr. and Mrs. Finland? Yes, ma'am. You folks rented an apartment from the defendant. Um, you've asked to be referred to only as Iris. You folks rented an apartment from the defendant, paid a security deposit of 1900 and did not get your security deposit back. Uh, the defendant attempted to give you a reduced amount, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and you have objections to that reduced amount because you don't believe that it's fair and appropriate. So tell me about the apartment. Okay, Your Honor. Um, we rented the defendant's townhouse for... 24 and a half months from February 2017 through February 2019. We treated the property well and we didn't damage anything. We basically treated the place like a home that we owned and took care of it. And when we moved out, she claimed that we had done $859 worth of damage. Because now there are certain things that you do agree with. Like, for example, there were some blinds that were rather elevated that you had to get. I mean, because this was a vaulted ceiling, so it was, what, a story and a half, two stories up, vertical blinds, and they were shining on your TV, so you got up on a really tall ladder and, and tweaked a few of them, which was fine, but then when you left, you didn't untweak them, did you? So she had to pay somebody to climb the ladder and go up there. All right, and then she also says that um, you left the place a shambles. Did you do a walkthrough? We did, Your Honor, and she said at the time that it was the cleanest anybody had ever left her apartment. She is basically lying to say that it was left in a shambles, and we have a witness to testify to that condition. I actually, you know, use a realtor, a certified realtor. They act in good faith, as they're obligated to. Um, and she basically said, "I I'm, can't forgive me out for like chuckling." This. 
Forgive me for chuckling really hard, but a realtor has a loyalty to the realtor to make the place as spruced up as possible so it's easier to earn a commission. There's no like fiduciary anything going on here. So what I have to see is actual proof. You kept a bunch of their security deposit. Tell me what you kept it for, Iris. Let's go through it. Okay, so we had to have the townhouse professionally cleaned, um, the bathtub, the sinks, it just looked dirty and I took pictures and I submitted them to you, Your Honor. You did. And I'd like to go over those pictures uh, with you because I am finding it slightly difficult. I can, I'm, here's a sink involved. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, what if, I, I see, see that it's a little the, darker. Like you see the sink right there, like where the drain is, that all had like, it looked really dirty and it needed to be cleaned up. All right, so there's a screen that looks like it, something hit the screen. What happened to the screen? It was just a little bit bent when we moved in. Um, so according to you, it was, you, it was bent when you moved in? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Can I ask yes, you, do you have before pictures to compare to these after pictures? Do you have before pictures of how the place looked when you rented it out? No. I mean... No. All right, so here's a picture, uh, kind of close up of the rug, and I guess... It's like coming out a little bit and maybe that's a stain. This is a, a pulled back version of the rug and in this picture it looks fantastic. So I'm not sure what you're asking me to look at. Well, actually in that this is not, picture, it does not look fantastic. I, you say that, it I'm asking really you, dirty. can you show me where it's dirty in the picture? Show me where to look in the picture I mean, for the dirty. I mean, can you show, like it just looks really dirty. Like there's dark spots on the stairwell. I mean, just looks, I, looks you know, they lived there for two years. Color. Yes, I know. But they lived there for two years. Like, I'm, I'm looking for a specific stain that you can't get out. If you just mean, well, it needs to be spruced up for the next tenant, that wouldn't be on them. This next picture looks like there was a patch for the rug. Tell me what's going on in this next picture. Yeah, I think maybe one of them might have been there because I looked over their walkthrough list and it looks like there was one, but not several like that when, you know, when they moved in. What is this picture supposed to depict? A dirty tub? Um, yeah, it's a dirty tub. I mean, you could see... Where's the dirt? Discolored. Like, do you see it's, it's discolored? But see that? Yes, day. I see that it's darker. But I don't know how old this tub is. How old is this tub? I'll tell you what, Iris. Show me the pictures after the cleaning of how white this tub can be. Show me. Well, I mean, I didn't take pictures afterwards because it got cleaned and I leased You're, it to somebody hold else. Hold on. You cleaned it with their money. You're being sued no, in order I to return their money. I did not clean money. it. I you what? No, I... No, I hired a professional cleaner to do yes, that. Yes, I know. I'm not a professional cleaner. That's fine. You cleaned it with their money because you took the money from their security deposit to hire these people. And then you yeah, want to show I me how much cleaner... Don't, don't talk over me. Don't talk over me. And you want to show me just how dirty this picture represents the tub is. I got to make sure that this tub is just dirty and not discolored. And the best way for me to make sure is for you to justify the money of, from their security that you spent to have it clean and show me how much cleaner it looks. Do you have the clean pictures of the tub for after you had it professionally cleaned? No, I didn't. I mean, it, it got cleaned. I mean, and, you know, we were able to rent it out again. That, that tub looks clearly dirty. Would you want to take a shower in that tub, Your Honor? I wouldn't rent your townhouse if you couldn't get that out. 
uh, because I would say, okay, it's old and it's stained. So I need to make sure that the money of theirs that you spent, in fact, got it spotless for the next person. And that's where you're failing because you don't have a single picture of how it looked after it got cleaned. Your Honor, I spent $2,200 on top of what I withheld from their deposit to get it ready for the next tenant. Right, but I only have one question in front of me. My only question is, you have to tell them within 30 days why you're keeping it. I did that. And I saw what you wrote. I know that. If you stopped interrupting me, I would get a thought out. Please listen. You sent the notice, so those are the only things you can talk to me about now. You can't talk to me about 500 other things that you kept it for, just those things. So I'm going over those things to see if you have the right to keep them for those things. So what I want you to explain to me is about the lawn. You, have, uh, you were keeping about $400 for the lawn, because according to you, they had an unauthorized pit bull who wrecked up the lawn. Talk to me about that. There was grass when these before when they moved in. We had beautiful plants and shrubbery on one side of the backyard. It was all dirt by the time they moved out. So I had to have okay. a professional lawn person resod it. Okay, and your, let me hear honor, from you on that response. Yes, ma'am. Um, the area was not beautifully sodded when we moved in. We sent you pictures of what it looked like when we moved out, and it looked pretty much like that when we moved in. As of this morning, we no, actually found that is a picture. Not the case. Please don't interrupt. I'm speaking, Iris. This morning, we found a picture of the condition of the yard before we moved in, and it shows that it's all weedy. There's, there's no grass back there. It's all weeds. And I'm supposed to look at that and see what in that picture, that it's not well sodded? That it... That it's not grass, that's weeds. It looks it's hard like to grass to me. It's not grass, it's weeds. I don't know. Looks like grass to me too, actually. But um, but let me ask you a question. Who was paying to maintain the lawn during the two years that you lived there? We were paying through the rent, but the lease says that Iris was responsible for maintaining all the outside building and Did anybody, lawn. were there ever any landscapers that went out there and did anything and fertilize or did anything to, during those two years? A couple of times, lawn crews came in and weed whacked for mowing, but nobody took care of the yard. Nobody did anything as far as replanting. It wasn't a monthly <laughs> thing? No. Yeah. There's another issue. She talks about replacing plants and No, whatnot. I don't want to go to another issue. Hold on, Mr. Finland. Iris, go ahead. You were paying what? I was paying association dues, and the association has a lawn crew that goes out to the backyard and the front yard and maintains the Do landscaping. Now, what I think Can I ask you a question? Is... Do you have any better pictures of that show other than that little picture of one side. Do you have any better pictures that show how the... Unfortunately, I do not because, I mean, it was beautifully right. landscapes. That's why I was able to yes, run it I out know. to Let these people. Yes, I know. Let me tell you what happens. Let me tell you what happens. One side says it's this way. The other side says it's that way. And then the way a judge and court works is I try to get proof from you guys so I can figure out how it was. Because you know who wasn't okay, well. there looking at the landscaping? Me. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, 
Bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. According to you, that one little square is supposed to show me weeds. To me, it shows grass. Also, Your Honor, if I may, we have a witness that can describe what it was like when we moved in. And the witness is who? The witness is a neighbor from two doors down, but he's also a coordinator with the association who manages the lawn. Oh, let's hear it. Let me hear from the witness. We ready? You ready, Your Honor? Yeah. Can I please have you raise your right hand, please? You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. I do. Your Honor? Okay. All right. What is your position with the condo association or the homeowners association? Uh, over the years I've lived there, I've been the vice president of the town home association and the treasurer, the small town. All right. Home so how did the place look when Iris rented it out to the Finlands? Do you actually remember how it looked two years earlier? I, I, I very clearly remember when they moved in. It was basically just brown dirt and weeds. The those particular units Why are do you very remember? narrow because he tried to clean it up and I noticed him trying to like make it better and get the grass to grow and that was pretty striking because in my opinion grass doesn't really grow there. So Okay. Uh, and actually the, the HOA rules say that if you have a gated area you have to do your own maintenance as a homeowner. So Okay. All right. So they just do the common areas. They don't do each homeowner's right. area according to you. Okay. Darren, I don't know if All you right. know, but when my parents lived there, they planted a, a lot of like plants, not grass. And all of that was just destroyed. It was all ripped out. Can I ask you it a question? From, Can I see pictures yeah. of the beautiful plants that got destroyed that your parents planted? Can I see that? Um, you know, Your Honor, my phone broke and I lost some of my pictures. So I tried to get you more pictures, but you could see from the pictures that the defend or the plaintiff gave you there's shading of plants like if you look closely at the picture there's shadows of plants from the other side on that picture that's what you're going to go on on taking you know 800 bucks of their money you're going to go on a shadow no it was 400 dollars um, for for resodding because yeah, it was going to be way more expensive witness, to put the plants this witness this witness is saying that you didn't have a beautiful lawn like you have now, that what you have now is not something that you had when these folks moved in. That's what this witness just testified to. And see, you don't get to beautify the place with the tenant money. You have to be able to prove that it's a damage that they did. All right, can I have the Finlands back? May I have the Finlands back there? There was a $500 non-refundable pet fee, correct? Yes, ma'am. As well as the $1,900 security deposit. So obviously that one's a non-refundable pet fee. You kept that $500, right? If there are stains um, that have to do with a pet, don't you take them out of that $500? What's the purpose of the $500 non-refundable pet fee if not to cover any, any, anything that has to do with a pet, Iris? Your Honor, I had to have all of the shampoos, the whole, like, all the... Sh- carpeted areas, shampooed, and deodorized as well. And that's a lot less than the $500 deposit because you only paid $150 to have the carpets done, and there's a $500 deposit that's there. 
So I've got a case where I've got to look at this and see, are you able to prove that the plaintiffs did this damage? And it's so simple, folks. And I've been saying this until I am blue in the face. I've been on the air for 20 years, and for 20 years I have been saying this. I've been saying it to tenants, and I've been saying it to landlords. Every time that you have a transfer of property, when you start your tenancy, when you rent out to new tenants, somebody should be taking their telephone, okay, and slowly videoing every little part of it. You want to show how good it looks when you hand it over, and you want to focus, the tenant wants to focus on absolutely everything that you don't want to get blamed for. So if there is a lawn with no sod, then you take a picture of that. If there is uh, you know, a broken screen, then you take a picture of that. If everybody just listened to me, we would have so such fewer number of lawsuits out there because everyone would have proof. The landlord would have proof it wasn't turned over that way. The tenant would have proof it was. When that's not done, the burden of proof is on the landlord to provide evidence that it wasn't turned over that way and that they have left it in a way that's unacceptable and that it's not just stained and, you know, and, and old. And look, Judge, if I paid somebody and look how much cleaner it could get if they had just bothered to try to clean it. And you have failed in that respect. One of the other things you're, you're, you're suing for is, oh, well, it had to be, bathroom had to be recaught. That's a maintenance issue. You're complaining about the lawn, but, but the condo itself is saying that lawn didn't have sod before now. That alone makes me question your credibility, Iris. So based on what I've heard, there's really only one thing that you should be able to keep money for, and that's the fact that you had to pay a handyman to come over, get on a 16-foot ladder to turn the slats that you didn't turn, which you should have turned. So I'm going to allow you to keep $100 for that, and I'm going to order you to pay the remaining amount, $1,800, to the plaintiff verdict for the plaintiffs. Well, as you just heard, the plaintiffs are going to win. They're going to get $1,800 back, only $100 the uh, defendant's allowed to keep. Let's talk to Iris, the defendant in this case. You know, Iris, one gets the impression you expected that apartment to be almost immaculately clean and re-rentable from the day they moved out, with your not having to do anything. Am I right about that? I, I'm expecting that they're going to leave the townhouse the way they found it, so... I mean, yes, that, that is correct, because I I turned it over to them. It was clean. It was immaculate. It was in perfect condition when they moved in. So I, I, I feel that, you know, that wasn't fair, but this is a good lesson for me. I'm going to take pictures of everything, um, you know, like the judge suggested. I'm going to take a video of everything before, you know, and after. Well, if you learn that, you've learned a very valuable lesson from the People's Court. Thank you. Mr. and Ms. Finland, let me ask you now, how do you feel about the outcome? you got to be happy, <laughs> really happy. We are happy. No, it, it just seemed peculiar that um, that it was $100 to adjust the blinds. But um... Well, congratulations and thank you very much. I hope you're content now. All right, that'll do it for this case. Let's go back now for another session with Judge Millian and her husband, Judge John, for more of After the Verdict. Okay, well, Marilyn, uh, you say that you sound like a broken record on this with all the <laughs> landlord-tenant cases, but every one of us for the last 20 years or so, we're videographers and we're photographers, oh, right? right. Yeah, it used to be that, I, didn't you remember the days when people used to say in court, I don't have a camera. Right. 
And, uh, and then my answer would be go buy a $5 disposable. Those days are over. Everybody documents every portion of their lives at all times. Their phones are have video and pictures. Almost every litigant I have in front of me has it. So it's just no excuse. Those cameras you know, are not just for your food. And how important was it to you reaching this verdict and reaching this judgment today that they brought in a witness, that the defendants had a witness who from the condo was from association. The, from the association. No yeah, no, yeah, that kind of killed the defendant's found him to be case. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, I did. And you know, you heard the plaintiff complaining that it was a hundred bucks to get somebody on a ladder, and that was very interesting to me because that's what I always hear from the tenants. They don't like how much you're deducting for X. And my advice to you is, if you don't like what's going to get deducted, don't leave it in that condition because Iris wasn't going to get on a 16-foot ladder and you're not going to get anybody to your house for less than a certain amount. So it behooves you to take that same 16-foot ladder you apparently possess that allowed you to go up there and, 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 and change the slots and change them back, you know? Right, and you've been a landlord and you've been a tenant. We both have. And in fact, when you were a landlord, when stuff broke, you, you sent your husband over to That's fix right. it. That's right. That's right. Wait, I got a guy. I got a guy who can do that. Um, do you remember years ago, and this was the first time this ever happened, we had a, a tenant in, in a townhouse that we own who knocked on our door and then handed us a DVD. Yes. This, that was a, that's like 20 years ago. That, yeah, it was yeah. well before its time. And he had actually videoed everything, put it on a DVD, and handed it to me. And he said, I'm not complaining. I just don't want to get blamed for any of this. Right. You know? And so it would be like a little nick on the baseboard or whatever. He was really good. And right, and at the end of the day, the security deposit, it's the tenant's money. It it's is. not a home improvement fund right. for the landlord. Right, right. right. So. Exactly. Jill, it's a moving target. There are some cities, some states that require you to wear masks, others that don't. We've certainly seen that on television and online over the last couple of months. Bottom line here, even if there isn't a law, if you go into a store, a restaurant, whatever, and they say you have to wear a mask and you don't, they can kick you out. That'll do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. This is the plaintiff, Louise Salernitano. She says she's been a waitress for 20 years, and the defendant hired her to serve guests at a party she was having in her house. After working like a dog for five hours, the defendant told her she was done for the night, then refused to pay her for her services. She was outraged. The party was a huge success, and there's no way she's going to allow this woman to get away with not paying her the $135 she's rightfully owed. This is the defendant, Gina Bronstein. She says the plaintiff walked into her home and started copying an attitude right from the get-go. She was also a disaster in the kitchen, clogging up her sink 10 minutes before the guests were to arrive for the surprise party for her husband's 60th birthday. Bottom line, this woman damaged her property. She did a horrible job, and she refuses to give her a penny. She's accused of being a party pooper. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $261.21 for a clogged garbage disposal caused by the plaintiff. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff uh, worked the defendant's dinner party one night and says she got stiffed. 
The defendant is saying this woman was a one-woman wrecking crew. She ruined light switches, wrecked the garbage disposal, and she's not getting paid anything. It's the case of garbage in, garbage out. Thank you, Douglas. Okay, Ms. Celentano and Ms. Bronstein. Ms. Celentano, you are suing for $135 that you say is owed to you for working on a party for her as a server. Um, yes. And that she refuses to pay you. Tell me what happened. Right. So 15 minutes into me getting there, I was doing all the appetizer platters. Gina was cooking her meal, and she kept throwing, like, branches of rosemary and everything down her garbage disposal. There was okay. The sink was all clogged. It was white from milk that she was cooking with. And she, I asked her if I could put my hand down there and take the branches out, and she said, no, that's what a garbage disposal is for. So now the sink was clogged. I put the uh, round top on. That's how her garbage disposal works. You turn it. It got stuck in there. It wasn't lined right because of not being okay, able what does to that see mean? the bottom you, okay. of the sink. And so you put that little stop in, and then the way it's supposed to work, Ms. Bronstein, maybe you can help me out since it's your disposal. The way it's supposed to work is you twist it, and then the motor goes on, right? Correct. Okay. So you do that, and what happens? Apparently, it's put in wrong? Uh, it wasn't lined right when I put it in because I couldn't see the bottom of the sink. So right. she started going crazy, and I said her son was coming. Her girlfriend said, wait till your son comes, and takes, and he took it right out. All right. So Did then, you use the garbage disposal ever again that night? So, well, we tried, but it didn't work. I think it was jammed, like, with all the stuff that she, the branches, she threw branches okay. down there. All right. So let's move on to the rest of the night. It's a buffet. Okay. Yes, I served them salad. I poured water. They had appetizers in the living room. I poured them all champagne, passed it around, collect all the dishes, clean them all out. I didn't use the garbage disposal. I got so you. So then the it the was night, dessert it's time. time for dessert. Yes. Right. So and now the desserts, I go. Miss Bronstein were stored downstairs in a spare refrigerator in your basement. Correct. Yes. yes. Correct. And uh, was the light on, uh, Miss Celentano, or you had to turn the light on? No, I went downstairs. Here was the light bulb. I don't know if you could see okay. the light bulb. That's not the actual light bulb. You're a, giving me yes, a demonstrative aid, right? Okay. So it's in a socket with a flimsy yeah. string attached to a little chain. When I pulled the string to put it on, because I was in the dark, the string came off. All Did you had, yank she it? Just, no. No, it was a flimsy... You just pulled it the way it was intended. Uh, yeah, to put it on and... I, I'm not going to be fixing strings. I have to serve the dessert, clean up. I got to be out of there. All right. So and I've got I told it. Did her. you tell her that that had happened? Yes. You told her. I brought All up right. the string. So it's now the end of the night, and oh, you brought up the string and showed her, hey, this came out yeah, of my yeah, hand. Yeah, yes, I did. I did. What did she seem mad when you did that? Did she seem no, mad? No. In fact, after the garbage disposal incident, she came in and said she was sorry for acting the way she did. All right. So now it's the end of the evening, and you expect to get mm -hmm. paid your hundred and thirty-five dollars. Yes. And right. what happens? So she said that she, that she said, "Oh, um, I'll give it to you, whatever." And her son came over. Wait, wait, no, She's no. Not... I'll give it to you when. She just said, "I'll give it to you." Our guests were leaving. She went out to, you know, say her goodbyes or whatever. Her son wanted to Venmo me the money. 
because he was on his phone, and she came over and said, absolutely not. No, no, no. That's when I knew I was going to have a problem with it. She said that it was Shabbos, which is a Jewish okay. religion, but she is definitely not orthodox. I work for a lot of orthodox people. They don't run coffee makers, well, dishwashers, and everything else, or exchange gifts on Shabbos. Okay, so the reason so, she gave you was that she couldn't handle money on, uh, right. on Shabbat. Right. Meanwhile, okay. she was all running right. Ms. Bronstein, the coffee maker. All right, stop, stop a second, Ms. Celentano. Ms. Bronstein, let me ask you a question. Tell me how the evening went. The evening was mediocre because, number one, Ms. Celentano caused this garbage disposal to be jammed, which prevented us from using the sink, which is the only sink that I could use because I am kosher. And to prove that her story is absolutely fictitious, okay, I was serving meat and she claims I put milk down the sink. And anybody who knows about kosher knows that if you're serving meat, you do not put milk in the sink with the meat. That's number one. Number okay. two, she But let me ask you in. a question. Well, what did she, tell me what she did wrong, because you've decided you're not going to pay her a penny, and we'll get into how that developed in a second. But tell me what she did wrong, because if her action is to take the plastic, try to stick it in, and make the garbage disposal work. Isn't that exactly what anybody would do to try to make the garbage disposal work? So what did she do wrong? Well, clearly, she didn't know how to operate this garbage disposal because she jammed it in to the opening incorrectly. And when my plumber came and fixed it, he said that, you know, what did somebody do here? They put the, they put the thing in wrong. I mean, they, you know, luckily I didn't have to have the whole thing replaced. But if she didn't know how to operate it, she could have asked me, to, or else I would have said, don't operate I, it, okay? I, I guess what I'm not understanding is uh, how many different wrong ways can you put it in that would cause a thing to break? Like, I, in other words, you have to prove to me that if it broke, it broke because of what she did. And if she just sticks it in wrong, why would that cause it to break? You know what? I can't answer, I can't answer the technical questions about the garbage disposal, but... It was and, and as it turns out, who ends up pulling out the cap successfully? Uh, one of Your my guests, or? not my son. All right, all right. Let's move on to the light. So you go down, you break the light. What does she say? She just took the string. That was it. I mean, it was a she little string anything. that hooks right. up to no. All right. So when her son tries to, when you ask the son to pay you on Venmo, she gets mad because she doesn't want her right. son to handle he money on. He offered to pay me on Venmo. He offered to do it. All right. So at the end of the night, what is it you tell her? At the end of the night, you tell her I'll pay you before after sundown tomorrow. Correct. At the end of the night, I tell her that I'm sorry, but you know the 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 night got away because this was a surprise party, and that I was going to pay her, and she, and I would send her a check, and she got upset and said to me, well, don't you have Venmo? Because, you know, and I said, well, you know what? My son, I don't have Venmo, but my son has Venmo. So if you give him your information, he will Venmo you tomorrow night after sundown. And Louise went because to my son. Because that's when the religious restriction was a, would end. So then after you tell her that, she goes to your son and she says, Venmo me now. Correct. And then, you're, and then you get upset. And I get upset because I see that she has told my son that sh that I told her to tell him to do that. And I said, we got it. And I so went then, over Ms. And I saw so Ms. Celentano, Ms. Celentano, let me ask you a question. It's sundown the next day. 
All right. Do you text them and say, can I please have my Venmo payment or what happens? I texted her and I told her that I was going to be in Inglewood the next day, which would have been Sunday, if she wanted me to stop over and pick up my money. And she said that, no, absolutely not. If you come to my house, I'm going to call the police. Hold on, hold on. On Saturday night, she just doesn't respond to you. Right. And I, then I you text her again on Sunday morning at yes. 8 a.m. Yep. Read me the text you send her Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Okay. It said, Gina, I haven't heard from you about my fee of 135 for services on Friday. If I don't hear from you today, I'll be filing a police report and take you to small claims court. So you work on Friday. You text her Saturday night. She doesn't answer. And on Sunday morning at 8 a.m., you're telling her that you're going to file a police report and sue her if she doesn't pay you at 8 a.m.? Yep. Because I knew she wasn't right, paying Ms. Bronstein, me. how'd that go over with you? Like a lead balloon. So what do you do? You then tell her, you broke all my stuff, it was horrible, and I'm not paying you. No, I did not do that. I can read you the text that I responded with. I said, go right ahead. I will bring all the bills with me and counterclaim against you for all the damage you caused on Friday night. I intended to send you a check for $100 because I wanted to give you something, but your threats have me dumbfounded and upset at your lack of professionalism and integrity. If you dare come to my house, I will call the police and have you removed as a trespasser, Gina. Okay, now. All right, Ms. Bronstein, so you end up having the garbage disposal repaired, and according to you, that cost cost you what? The garbage disposal repair cost me $132.81. And so I'm looking at what purports to be the bill from for the garbage disposal. It's just typewriting on a piece of paper, but it, uh, what purports to be the bill, and it says repaired jammed garbage disposal. It doesn't say anything about that little metal uh, disc having done anything. It just says repaired jammed garbage disposal, correct? Correct. All right, now let's talk about the light. I also see the receipt for the light. It says repair broken light, right? So here's the thing. I have a server who's worked for you before. She's there a total of how many hours, Ms. Salantano? Your Honor. I stayed there five hours and 45 minutes just to help five her out. Five hours working for you. According to you, because she broke the garbage disposal and because the string came out in her hand, on a, a light bulb, you feel you shouldn't have to pay her. I disagree. I believe that when people work, they are entitled to get paid. I would have to see stronger evidence that she is the reason for the garbage disposal to not be working. I don't see that in the receipt that you submitted, nor in the facts that were talked about. And if I use the light bulb in a way it's intended, which is just to pull the string, and the string comes out in my hand, in other words, she didn't hit it with a baseball bat. She didn't hit it with a ladder when she was trying to get to something else. She literally pulls the chain and it comes off in her hand. How is it that she owes you for that repair? And how is it that that repair could ever be $128? It just doesn't work that way. I think what really happened, if we're honest, is that she annoyed you so much by sending you that nasty email on Sunday morning, not weeks later, but on Sunday morning, that you just kind of lost it and felt, you know what, she doesn't deserve a penny. 
I just don't see it the way you see it. I find in favor of the plaintiff in the amount of the $135 on her claim against you and on your counterclaim against her. I find that you have not proven sufficiently that either of these two repairs are something that she caused um, by doing something negligent. That is my verdict. Good luck, ladies. Well, the plaintiff prevails. She is finally going to get paid. Let's talk to the defendant, Gina Brownstein. Gina, what's your reaction to this? You, you lost totally everything. My reaction to this is that the people's court is a sham. I had a witness that I was never entitled to even bring before the court, nor did the judge allow me to speak. What do you mean she didn't allow you to speak? <laughs> you told your story. She gave you ample opportunity. I have a witness, and that I've lived in this home for 26 years, and that string and that light was there for 26 years until Louise Celentano entered my house and pulled it off. And the fact that she doesn't think that I had to call all these people to make these repairs is absurd. Well, listen, I think the judge thinks you're being very petty about a broken string, really. Let me ask you something else. You were really upset when she threatened to file a lawsuit against you. How'd you respond when you were sued? I, I mean, a, a, counter, a, a suit for $135 in small claims court doesn't rattle me. By the way, you said you told her to put eggshells down the disposal. For the record, two days ago, a plumber told me that's a bad thing to do. Don't put eggshells down the disposer. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry you lost. The plaintiff is finally going to get paid. you got to pay her the $135, okay? Let's talk to the plaintiff now, Louise Salentano. Louise, was it hard for you to sue her? She was, you know, an old customer of yours. I, I've gone I've gone there once before, and I sent someone else, and uh, the other woman said she did not want to deal with her. She was a very demeaning, controlling person, so I went myself. You glad you sued her? You happy now? Yes. I, I, it was just the, the point of everything. I worked, like anything, for over five hours with this lady. She was not an easy woman, believe me. Well, bottom line, I doubt you get called back, but would you ever work for her again in the future? Never, never, never. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Congratulations. You're a winner Thank in the People's Court. Thank you so Corps. much. Okay? Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Now, let us join Judge Milian and her husband, Judge John, for another session of After the Verdict. Well, Marilyn, I guess uh, they said hell hath no fury like a homeowner scorned. That's right. <laughs> uh, and uh, in this case, uh, watching you make this decision, there are times as a judge when you're considering the evidence and you're hearing the testimony and there's just this one pivotal moment where you watch everything kind of tip over and change from a garden variety dispute or disagreement between two people into a full-blown lawsuit. Oh, yeah. Did you see that moment? And yeah, fix it I'm sure you did too. What was it? <laughs> uh, I think it was probably when the thermonuclear bomb email <laughs> came flying in. The text on, on, a Sunday, text morning. on Sunday morning email. at 8 a.m. saying, pay me or I'm going to sue you and call the cops. I mean, right. it, was, it was such a nuclear response to, to being ignored the night before. And I, I realized that, uh, I mean, I found in favor of the plaintiff. I know she was angry, but... Geez, you know, when somebody's got something you want, give it a little bit of diplomacy. Right. They, they say so often in life that outlook determines outcome. And certainly in lawsuits and in courtrooms, we see the same thing all the time. Right. And this is one of those circumstances where that outlook that's expressed in the email is just 
not very diplomatic, not no. very tactful, not very polite, and right. look, where, look where you end up. And I, I like to call that the anatomy of a lawsuit. Like, you can exactly see the moment where everything went down the toilet. Right. And it was at 8 a.m. email, which was not the best idea, because it's so much easier not to come to court. Court takes up you know, your, your emotional capital, it takes up your time, it takes, you know, money to file. She probably fought, you know, had to pay a court costs, which of course, whenever you win, you get your court costs as well, probably in the same amount as the fees that were owed to her. So it's, it's, it's always better to avoid a lawsuit if you can avoid a lawsuit. Right. Never worth the aggravation, is it? Right. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, nev it's never about the money. It's right. always about the principle. Of That's course. how small claims works. Of course. Cynthia, you can get a default judgment if the other person doesn't show, but they can set that default aside in some cases and get a second bite of the apple.